Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 507, recorded live on Saturday, April 8th, 2017. And here are your hosts. The man who didn't know what the April Fool's joke was going to be, Dave Pillay. Hello. And the man who played it low-key, Andy Lowe. Hi. You dick. (laughs) (laughs) You absolute and utter asshole. Oh, I just felt so good. So the end of the episode... Yes. After everything else, I I, I went to uh, Andy when I were signing off, and I was feeling like really grouchy because Andy had been super confrontational, and I'm like, so what the hell? Like, what's going on? He says like, ah ha ha, April Fools. Yes, my April Fools joke this year, which Dave could not be a part of because. I didn't want him to spoil it, was the fact that I was just going to try and argue against Dave the whole time. To which Kate responded that she didn't notice anything different. <laughs> no, it was... Listening back, I do... I'm, I'm slightly more, you know, I'm taking stances that I normally don't take. You mean like the U.S. is the center of the internet? Yes. <laughs> Are are there perhaps some statements you'd like to retract, Andy? I'm good right now. (laughs) Okay. I'd have to actually go through the episode and write down exactly what I was just going off the cuff, whatever Dave was saying. I was trying to turn against it and just to... Because in my mind, I'm like picturing the Monty Python argument skit. I'm here for an argument? Yes. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yeah, well, okay. You got to be careful about skits like that, Andy, because you can be maneuvered into positions that you really don't want to be in. <laughs> I do have to say, though, I actually went to the AT&T store because uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to them about my bill. And I tried holding an S8 in my hand, and it was kind of hard because they had that giant, you know, like security suction cup thing on the back. Yeah. So I couldn't tell, you know, if I would actually be able to use the fingerprint scanner left-handed because there's a massive lump right where my hand would go. Yep. God, that whole discussion was just you being an ass. The whole, like, holding the phone in your hand, that was all just you being a dick, wasn't it? Pretty much. I am, you know, slightly against automatic, you know, what seems to be very right-handed bias on technology products. Like mice. Yeah. Mice I'll give you. I will 100% give you. Mice are, are designed for right-handed people. I, I told you about that. The left-handed keyboard or no? What? Um, uh, somebody, that just seems like a bad idea. Somebody uh, in her company wanted a left-handed keyboard. Like they put in a help desk and said, can I get a left-handed keyboard? Yeah, and so my boss messages me because I'm left-handed and goes, you ever heard of a left-handed keyboard? And I'm sitting there going like, no. So we're trying to figure out what a left-handed keyboard is. A left-handed keyboard (laughs) has the 10 key on the left side rather than the right side. And, you know, not only is the 10 key on the left side, but it's also mirrored so that the enter key is on the left side rather than the right side. So you need, like, special training to use this? I had never heard of it before. I'm like, a left-handed keyboard? What the... So, like, we thought, Ergonomic okay... Well, left-handed keyboard. Let's see this thing. Uh, okay. Huh. So we thought, okay, you know, we'll just get her a keyboard and then we'll just get her a separate, you know, 10 key that's, you know, USB plugged in. But no, she she wanted one that was left-handed. And we're like, uh, okay. So, yeah, so the, the arrow keys are on the left side. The numpad is on the left side. Everything else is still in, in place, though. Yes. So it's like taking your keyboard and chopping off the right part. And moving that to the left, even though, does she realize that, like, you, you, like, most people are like, well, I guess I do use my right hand on the numpad. Mm-hmm. Because I was thinking, like, most of the time, my, my right hand is on the mouse, and I try to move it to the keyboard as few times as possible. 
Yeah, it's like my my numpad and my mouse are literally like inches, maybe a inch apart. So I just I don't know. I it's one of those things where it's like okay, everything's on the left, and like we found right. one keyboard, but the actual keys on the keyboard are weirdly shaped. So did you did you get her a left-handed keyboard? Uh I. It's, I mean, they look not, like they're pretty expensive. This was not my market, so I said I've never heard of this before. Have fun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Because there's there's like a premium for it to be left-handed, mm-hmm. like yeah, thirty dollars for a basic keyboard. Yeah, I uh, I know <laughs> one guy in our market who's left-handed. He uses the mouse on the left-handed side of the keyboard, mm-hmm. which to me is the most awkward thing possible. Oh wait, here's one where the numpad is on the left, but the arrow keys are on the right. Which I feel like, you know, if you're doing true left-handed keyboard, every, all that right side should be on the left. But I know it's one of those well, things but, where it's, yes, I'm left-handed. How do, you play, but, how do you play first-person shooters, then? I don't know. Right? Like, uh, well, because I guess first-person shooters, I'm thinking like games where you have to use the arrow keys and WASD, but usually it's just WASD and mouse. So I guess that's not a problem. Yeah. Why? Yeah. And then she just... Can't just use like a number pad, like an external extra number pad. Because the number pad that she's used to is a left-handed number pad. So, like I said, the the enter key is on the left side rather than the right side. It's the craziest thing. But, but I'd I'd almost prefer it was on the left side. <laughs> why are, why wouldn't you then prefer if it's on the right side? Because you're t- you're supposed to use your pinky. Yeah, but using your thumb is so much easier because it's that big one. Yeah, but if you're if you're true type, you know, touch typing with your ten key, you're supposed to have your um your you're supposed to use your pinky for the enter key. Yeah. Which is just silly. Your pinky shouldn't be used for anything. <laughs> you should just chop it off. Well, I mean that would be a bad idea. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, no left-handed keyboards seems they're a thing. Mm-hmm. Things you didn't know. I don't know what else to say about that. I d- I don't know either. But yeah, no. Uh, yeah, last week, in case you didn't know, the April Fool's joke for me was just to argue with Dave the whole episode. So that's uh If it sounded weird, that's why. If it didn't sound weird, okay. That says something. Yeah, that does say something. <laughs> Uh, all right. Oh, shoot. I have another topic I forgot to add. Why do you keep adding topics? Because I keep thinking of things to talk about. But we've already got our, like, 13 topics. Yeah, well, guess what this was, guess what else was last weekend? Uh, I don't know. What was, what else was last weekend? Gamers Outreach. Oh, yeah. That was last weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. What'd they do? $315,000. That's a bit more than they uh, planned on. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's really good. $315,000, that's a lot of money. So, you know, judging by, by like previous charity events and watching them grow, so things like the Child's Play, things like um, Extra Life, things like the AGDQ, SGDQ, I'm going to I'm going to put it out there. I don't think they're going to hit a million next year, but I think within 2 to 3 years if they keep growing the event and really working on it and now that Zach is doing it basically like full time, I think they they can. Hmm. That's just <clears throat> crazy. $315,069. Of course yep. it's $69 at the end. <laughs> Oh, uh, one other thing before we come back into like the official topics that we have listed here. Yeah. How did you place for your bracket, Andy? <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. <laughs> or did you just stop paying attention? I got 145th out of 252. Oh. 145th, huh? Yes. Okay. 
I got 11th. Oh, so close. I mean, I'm okay with that. 11th <laughs> means I got money back. True. In fact, I made money. Well, that's good. I, I did not this time. I, I doubled my income for the thing. Not actual income, but I, I paid 10 yeah. bucks and I got 20 back. Yep. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. 145th. You had Gonzaga? <laughs> All the way up to, like, the, the semi. No, to the finals. Yep. That had to be worth something. 145th? <laughs> it was worth 145th. Wow, you had a really good first round, too. Yeah. And then the second round is when everything blew up. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I had the the semifinals on one side completely correct. Very nice. So I think I think that's what helped a lot was that it was Oregon versus UNC. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, cool. Not bad for making my bracket in under five minutes. No, not bad at all. All right. Well, should we hit some topics then, good sir? Yes. Xbox has finally revealed Project Scorpio's specs. How overpowered is it? It is pretty damn powerful. 12 gigabytes of RAM. Yep. 12 12 gigs of RAM? Jeez, oh, Pete. 12 gigs of RAM. Um, a, A significantly bigger GPU than the Xbox One. And the memory is much faster, so it'll be able to transfer it quickly. What they have not announced are things like release dates, price, and any extra games. Hmm. They also have not announced if it's the final name. It's still just Project Scorpio. I I don't... It's one of those things where it's like, what was, what was the Wii call before it was... Uh... Uh, the revolution. Yeah. So Project Scorpio. I don't know, man. I I feel like I've been saying this right that that both Microsoft and Sony released their consoles too early. I mm. this one. So what? So this puts the Xbox. Basically, uh, the Xbox Scorpio was basically on the same par as the PlayStation 4 Pro, if I'm looking at this chart correctly. Yeah, yeah, it actually puts it, um, hardware-wise, ahead of the PS4 Pro. On a couple of things, yeah. Yeah, but PS4 Pro has been out for a year. True. (laughs) So it's already been, like, doing stuff. People are making games for it, people are designing for it, and it's already in people's houses. So Scorpio's going to have a lot of work to catch up to that. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to... I'm just going to have to see what the games are. Granted, Microsoft has said that all existing Xbox games will run smoother, look better, and load faster without requiring uh, uh, any uh, uh, update. Uh. Hey, hey, careful with what you say there. Microsoft, in a statement, says all existing Xbox games will run smoother, look yeah, better, and load mean, faster without requiring an update. They don't actually mean all Xbox games. Including Xbox One backward compatibility or backward compatible titles. Right. That's not all Xbox games. That doesn't include all the ones that are not backwards compatible. It's almost certainly not going to include any like actual Xbox games. Well, yes. No. Wow. Nitpicking. Yes. If Sony came out and said any PlayStation game will run on the PlayStation 4, what would you expect that to mean? Any PlayStation game? Since the PlayStation what? Since the PlayStation. Right. So when Microsoft comes out and says all existing Xbox games, that should not automatically be assumed that it's Xbox One, which is what they're talking about. True. So yes, I'm nitpicky because they're being asses. So, all right. So the bigger question is, are you planning on getting one? Well, since they haven't announced price, (coughs) and they haven't announced release date, 
And I don't know what games I'd get on Xbox. Uh, no, I'm not currently planning on buying one. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, you know... Good Xbox games? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm up to four now. One of them was before the show, so it doesn't really count. So I guess three... When we started the show this morning, Andy said he was feeling better, and then I said something that immediately made him laugh and then start coughing. All right, I'm just looking up Kotaku's list of the best Xbox One games, just to see if, you know, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Grand Theft Auto V, Hitman. Both of which are cross-platform, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, Hitman Inside. Uh, the Witness... Titanfall 2, Witcher 3, Dark Souls 3, Destiny, and Overwatch. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, Resident Evil 7. <clears throat> and so most of those are cross-platform. Yes. No uh, real exclusive so, title. Sorry, for, uh, Forza Horizon 3 was on there. That one's officially Xbox only, so... Okay. Uh, Inside well, is also Xbox only. But yeah, all the rest of them are... Just, you know, normal games. Yep. Uh, I'm not really feeling most of the games that are on this list. Like, yeah, Tomb Raider might be interesting because I like the whole platformer. But, you know, the other games on the list, eh. I still at some point need to play Grand Theft Auto and Metal Gear. But I'm not really, like, missing anything by not playing the consoles, which makes me feel weird. Right. Well, it also makes me feel a little vindicated. <laughs> I'm like, why are we doing this again? <clears throat> also, I mean, there's there's no way Scorpio is going to sell for less than the PS4 Pro, right? No, it's no, probably going to be like significantly more expensive than the Xbox One, which is what yes. three hundred. So Scorpio is going to be like six or seven hundred. Andy, why did you put in a page not found? What? Which one? Uh, malware bricks IoT devices. That was a page. I think it got clipped off. Oh. Well, hold on. Let me find the actual web link. Do, do, do. Editing on the fly. <laughs> okay, post that one. So this topic is the fact that somebody's created some malware for mm -hmm. uh, Internet of Thing devices. Try reloading the page. The new link should work. Um, and they're targeting specifically Linux BusyBox-based IoT devices. Um, okay. So the first stage of the attack is uh, <clears throat> they attempt a dictionary brute force attack on devices with the Telnet port left open to the Internet. Yeah. So if your password is actually a word or several words, it will be found. Yes. So if the uh, device owner failed to change their default credentials, BrickerBot logs in and performs a series of Linux commands. Um, so there's actually two versions out there, and they both uh, do different things, but in the end uh, do the same thing, where they basically brick your Internet of Thing device. Hmm. They just grab, like, random values and store them in places that shouldn't have random values. Yeah, so they, they write random bits to the storage device. Just just random bits to your, your memory. Mm -hmm. So it makes it, you know, useless. Uh, disables TCP timestamps. So your internet connection gets borked. And then sets the maximum number of kernel threads to one. Hmm. Which normally, you know, kernel threads are a lot more than one. Yeah. So it can run a process. Yes. And that's it. And then it reboots the device. The uh the the fun bit though is um the one of the, the versions of this malware are actually uh running behind Tor exit nodes. So they can't actually figure out where the malware is coming from. Ooh. That's not so good. But people are thinking that, you know, um, 
this could be work of some vigilantes who want to destroy insecure IoT devices. Which this this will you know like it basically it's it like it says it will break your device. It will screw up its memory and its storage. It will break its internet connection and then it will kill its CPU. So you know it's it's a pretty nasty piece of malware and it doesn't do anything other than destroy your device. It doesn't you know doesn't phone home. It doesn't do anything. All it does is it come in there, smashes it with a virtual hammer, and that's it. Huh. So yeah, no, it's uh, people are thinking. Well, maybe this is just a way of bringing you know security to Internet of Things in a very meaningful way because because it, they will destroy everything that's not secured. Yes. So it just like looks for random things unconnected to the internet. Yes, it just starts just pulling the internet, them. looking for, like I said, uh, Linux. Busy box based IoT devices that have an open Telnet port. Yep. That's it. That's It's just pulling the internet, you know, just looking around for these devices as soon as it finds it, comes in, smashes, and it's, you know, then it keeps <clears throat> going with its whatever it's doing. Damn. And there's no way to protect against it. Well, if you know your Internet of Things box, A, does not have an open Telnet port to the internet, right, or but, B, does but, not have default credentials. But. Who would know that? Probably the manufacturer. Right. The the consumer isn't going to know that. No. The, I, Do you know how to get into your Alexa? No. No, I don't. I could probably Google it do you and think find you, out. Do you think you can get into your Alexa? I don't know. I doubt it. But I don't doubt that it might have security vulnerabilities. It's the it's the it's the magic box theory. It's the people are like you know, I I don't want to know how the magic box works. I just want it to work. The problem is people build magic boxes without understanding how it works, and they don't understand the. Oh consequences. no, the the people who built it know how it works. Really? What was the yeah. um? Was it Leapfrog that got hacked and they didn't even know it? Oh well, Until, okay, like, maybe the, they the don't know how it works. Like the, the guy sent the database to some website and the website contacted the company and the company's like, what are you talking about? Okay, so maybe not. I guess, oops. Yep. Uh, just in case you're wondering, Xbox One 500 gigabyte is 250 right now. Um, okay. I I was not wondering, but thank you. Xbox One 2 terabyte <laughs> refurbished is 350, so... Thinking the Scorpio is probably going to be what four hundred, five hundred. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess at least six hundred. Ooh, well, what's the PS4 Pro at? I think six hundred. Uh, PS4 Pro one terabyte. Du-du-du. This is available only from third party sellers. Yeah. Uh, looks like four thirty five. All right, so other um, security news. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of Android phones that are uh, can be fatally hacked using malicious Wi-Fi networks. God damn. Yep. Now, this one's not in the wild yet. This is just a proof-of-concept exploit. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, what they do is they have a Wi-Fi hotspot that uses the, the frames that the Wi-Fi data is sent in that contain irregular values which then caused the firmware running on the Broadcom Wi-Fi chip to do a stack overflow. So you can then so get With in. a stack overflow, you can, you can execute other things? Yes. Uh, huh. Yeah. Uh, by using yada, 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 he managed to overwrite specific regions of device memory with an arbitrary shell code. Mm, so right good. now his code does nothing more than write a benign value to a specific, uh, specific memory address but if you can write to specific memory addresses you can do whatever you want yeah yeah. and there's nothing that you could technically do about it um, because it goes directly at the Wi-Fi 
you know, this doesn't do chip. any higher level stuff. This is all on the f- chip firmware level. So you need to update the system. Yes. Like when you get a security update, you need to actually update the system itself. Speaking of which, I actually <laughs> did have you to... have a security update? No, no joke. I actually have one uh, sitting in software updates. Here we go. Oh, okay. maybe you should do that. Yeah, I got it this morning. I just didn't get around a chance to. Um, maybe it's because of this. I don't know what this is for, but. Yep, downloading update. Okay, there we go. Let me plug that back in. <laughs> so yes, no, he's uh, he's shown the vulnerability to Google, and their Google is now in the process of releasing an update in its April security bulletin. So then Google's going to release an update, and then they're going to send it to the phone manufacturers who are going to you know double check it, and they're going to send it then to the carriers, and then the carriers are going to check it. And then they're going to send it as an over-the-air update. So, so in a few weeks, <laughs> yes. Hopefully, before other people take the the proof of concept and actually turn it into something more malicious. Yes, because if you can execute code, you could, for instance, have the phone download and install an app, mm-hmm. and then all bets are off. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's always funny. Let's go when to something people... a little. Hmm. I was going to say, it's always funny when people, you know, uh, people want me to set up like the, the work email on their phone or, you know, connect to the, the building's Wi-Fi on their phone because they can't figure it out. And it's always yeah. ridiculous when I like look at their phone and I see it's like, oh, updates pending. I'm like, really? You're, yeah. You're, it's like, I, I, I got to I gotta update this. <laughs> I, I got to scratch that. You can't show me your phone and go, can you fix this? Well, it's literally saying like, hey, you've got, you know, updates pending. I need to update your phone before I can do anything. Well, I didn't think it was going to help. You know, yeah. It it does. It kind of does. You should probably do this. Mm-hmm. Um, happier news? Well, not necessarily happier, but just more um, kind of exciting and interesting news. Um, giant robot battles. Everyone's an expert on something. When I was in the Marine Corps, I was an expert in tank maintenance. I've done it all oh, where it's an engine problem to hydraulic problem. No one's an expert on everything. When it comes what in the heck is Oh, it was an ad on our website. Sorry. Okay. All right. Uh, continue uh, with whatever we you were doing. Giant robot fights. Everyone's an expert. Giant robot fights, okay. Giant robot fights. Like real steel, like Gundam fighting Gundam like Power Rangers mech fights is a thing. Like or at least legitimate? we're moving towards it being a thing. So there's going to be a, a battle between two giant robots. Oh my goodness. 16 feet tall, weighs 12 tons. They've been working on it for two years. And they're going to fight against another giant robot. Hmm. That's so cool. I'm so like, it it might just be the 13 year old boy uh, that that lives like that that we all have in in our brains somewhere. That's just like squealing in in happiness. I oh I don't know I I'm looking at this fight and I'm thinking I might have to go with the Japanese on this one. Yeah, the Kuratas. Yeah, 13 foot mech. I don't know, man. The uh, the Mark III has three feet on it. I don't know. We'll find out in August. That's uh, God. Giant three robot feet fighting, and like really is three times the the weight. So I don't know. Somebody should invite Hugh Jackman to this fight just because. <laughs> I'm I'm sure Hugh Jackman could get himself invited if he so chose. Probably yes. Remember, once you get to that point of fame, you can really just be like, I'd like to go to this. And people say, okay. <laughs> oh, funny. Uh, I'm looking at the pictures of the Mark III. Yeah. And no joke, one of the pictures has a banana for scale. Banana for scale. My God, that thing's big. Yeah, that is a massive chainsaw. 
Why would you need that big of a chainsaw? Well, because when the thing that you're fighting is also five tons, and you would like to do damage to it. Hmm. Well, that should be interesting. Speaking of other games. Yeah. Call of Duty, right? Yeah. Um, I've tuned out, so keep going. Call of Duty is getting a mobile game made by King. So to be clear, we don't know if it's a Call of Duty mobile game. No, this We is... know that King was purchased by Activision. Yes. Right? And we know that King makes mobile games. And we know that King is looking at the Call of Duty intellectual property. So will there be a mobile game with some sort of Call of Duty theme? Yes. Is there going to be a Call of Duty mobile game? According to the website, here's the quote from the King recruiting website. The team is adapting one of the most iconic game franchises of all time, Call of Duty, to become a mobile experience. This is a rare and exciting opportunity. Our challenge as a team is to create a Call of Duty experience on mobile that will strive to transform the best console experience fans know and love, while also breaking new ground for mobile and redefining the genre. Our approach and ambition is to be fresh, social, and highly accessible while providing a very authentic game experience. The team will prototype extensively, have the freedom to think outside the box, and be encouraged to stretch their expertise in ways to create surprising results. I'm calling it, it's going to be like Pokemon Go, but with Call of Duty. How would you do that? So you would have kind of like a, like a capture the flag, king of the hill sort of thing, where you have to go to set locations? Yep. So it'd be like Ingress? Yep. I mean, it sounds like <laughs> they want to get the actual Call of Duty experience, so they want people to like shoot at other people, but that that doesn't work with a mobile platform very well so no, you've no, to, you to flip it right so they're saying like free thought and think on your head well that's going to be location based all right here we go i just here got, we go. I just got go. a little distracted by the way a, a puppy just came in and laid down next to me all right location based yeah but you use things like the gear vr headset where you actually have to go to a location and then you put the Gear VR headset on, and you're actually then doing like a first-person shooter at said location. Using what for a controller? There's a controller now for the new Gear VR headset. For the new one, yeah. So you'll have to buy equipment for this? Yes. I know it's not my best idea. No, no, it's it's not. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andy. <laughs> It is it is by far not your it's not your worst idea. I mean you had that April Fool's joke last week. <laughs> hey, I was having fun doing that. Yeah, I know you were, asshole. <laughs> but no, definitely not your best idea. Hmm. Kate says my best idea was marrying her. That's probably true. Yeah. So Utah and Tesla. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Tesla's always trying to fight to sell their cars in locations, and different states are saying no, like, you know, Michigan. Um, in Utah, um, Utah said um, it created a subsidiary, Tesla Utah, Tesla UT, mm -hmm. to sell the cars in Utah, but the state uh, state's tax commission uh, prohibited... Okay, so Tate state, the state's tax commission said, Tesla, you can't uh, directly sell the cars. So Tesla said, okay, we're going to make a subsidiary. Those are the guys who are actually going to sell the cars. It's not actually going to be Tesla. It's going to be the subsidiary. Right. Well, then um, the uh, state regulators said that um, they can't uh, have an interest in the subsidiary. So therefore, what? they actually... Yeah. The Supreme Court decided to prohibit uh, an auto manufacturer from having ownership interest in a dealer. So they would have to completely spin off Tesla UT as its own completely separate company, not even a subsidiary, a completely separate company, so they don't have any sort of financial... Ties together. Yes. 
Which is stupid because they both have financial ties together because they're selling the product. The state tax commission ruled that the subsidiary needed a franchise agreement. Uh, But yeah, no, they said they can't have a financial interest in Tesla UT's franchise. This is so weird sometimes where they're doing things there. where uh, Missouri said that they needed a franchise license to sell the cars. So Tesla granted itself a franchise franchise license. license. Yeah, of course it did. Missouri turned around and says, no, you can't do that. Like, come on. I... Which is so funny, though, because I think in Michigan, what you can do, which I'll actually, you know, I'll have to go to a Tesla dealership and find out. But I think what you do in Michigan... Ohio, because there isn't one in Michigan. No, there's the there's the one at um, there's the showroom. There's the the showroom, right? It's not a dealership because they can't no. have a dealership. Yeah, but it's the showroom, and so what you do is you go to the showroom and look at everything, and then you go online and order it, and that's okay. Wait, say that that bit again. You you go to the you go to the showroom, but you don't actually yeah. order it in right. the showroom. The showroom right. just tells you to go online and then order it. Right. But you want to go to the showroom for what? You're in the middle of saying it. that. You go to the showroom to actually look at it right. and you know. But you, no, Andy, we got onto this because you said you wanted to go to the showroom for something, to ask them something. Oh, if this was actually, you know, what you're supposed to do. Ah. God, $123,000 for a Model X. Jesus. <laughs> Yep. They are not cheap cars. No. No, they're not. Okay. House Resolution 1868. Okay. The Restoring America's Privacy Act. To provide that providers of broadband internet access service shall be subject to the privacy rules adopted by the Federal Communications Commission on October 27, 2016. I have a feeling this is not going to go very far. I have a feeling it's not going to go very far either, but I've already contacted my my representative and said, like, I support this. Please vote for it. Who's on the House committee? committee first? Yeah. Who's on the House Committee of Energy and Commerce? Um, Probably not anyone that we're very happy with right now. Energy and Commerce Committee... Well, Fred Upton Who's was on, on the committee. Not sure what he's... Greg Walden, Joe Barton, Fred Upton. He's still on it. Well, yeah, but he's not the chairman anymore. He used to be the no. chairman. Yeah. Uh, John Shimkus, Tim Murphy, Michael Burgess. I'm looking for any names that I recognize in here. Well, I could, you know, legitimately contact my congressman. Fred Upton is your congressman? Yeah. Michigan's 4th District. That does not include Kalamazoo. He's the 6th District. Not the 4th. Oh, member of 6th District. Preceded by Bob Carr. Okay, yep. Wait. In office to January 3rd, succeeded by Greg Walden. Fred Upton is no longer your, your congressman. Right? No, he is. How am I reading this? I don't know, but you're not reading this it right. This is just messy. I'm reading Fred Upton. <laughs> oh, because it's the chair part. God damn, this is not a good... Okay, yeah. Wait, which, which website chair. are you looking at? Wikipedia. Really? I'm looking at the sidebar of Wikipedia, and it's just terribly organized. Because <laughs> the first section is that he was the chair, and then the years, and then who preceded him and who followed him. Then it's the mm-hmm. fact that he's a member of the... Uh, U.S. House of Representatives from the 6th District. Then it talks about when he was from the 4th District before we did the redistricting. God damn. All right. So, yes, he is your congressman. Yes. So I can legitimately call him up. Are you going to? I could. I I understand you could, Andy. Are you going to? If I remember to, yes. Okay. Speaking of broadband privacy, though. Oh, also Debbie Diggle. Um, Ajit Pai actually (laughs) did an op-ed. Hey, Andy? Yeah? 
just just to point out, Debbie Dingle is also on that uh, committee. I thought she was she, was she senator or no? No, she's a representative of the twelfth congressional district, which includes most of Ann Arbor. Okay, well, I I'm not in Ann Arbor. No, but I, I believe we know people who are. Yes, that is true. And so maybe you know, reminding them about that as well. All right, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You were saying something. Ajit Pai, yeah, the asshole. FCC chairman, and the acting FTC chairman, Maureen Olenhausen, um, wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post. Okay. Saying, no, oh, Republicans hang on, didn't hang on, just... Hang on, hang on, hang on, real quick. Yeah? Tim Wahlberg is also on that committee. Tim Wahlberg is the other half of Ann Arbor and the other half of Celine and like everything to the south of that. Okay. So like people who live in Milan, <laughs> cough, 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 cough. <laughs> uh, your congressman is also on this committee and you might want to reach out to him. All right. Ajit Pai, the asshole. Yes. Uh, and the, so the chairman of the FTC and the FCC wrote an op-ed saying that, you know, um, let's see, but, uh, <laughs> claimed that, uh, they, okay, so here's the quote. Uh, others argue that ISPs should be treated differently because consumers face a unique lack of choice and competition in the broadband marketplace. But that yeah. claim doesn't hold up to scrutiny. For example, what? according to one industry analyst, Google dominates desktop search with an estimated 81% market share and 96% of the mobile search market, whereas Verizon, the largest mobile broadband provider, holds only an estimated 35% of its market. Okay. So they're saying, hey, you know, there's, there's, plenty, Verizon... of, there's plenty of oh choices in the broadband market. There's plenty of them. Because look at how, how split up it is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how many choices I have? Here, if I were willing to move somewhere, yeah, I could. I could definitely have a different ISP if I wanted to move across the country. Yeah, I have two. Yep, two wired broadband options. Yep, I know this because my promotional rate for one of them just went away, and the price went up. And so now you're looking at the other one. Yes, yes, I am. Yep. But yeah, no, two. I literally have two choices. Yes, there are wireless providers, but the amount of bandwidth that we use on a normal basis, the wireless providers are, are not, not a viable choices. option. Yeah. Ajit Pai is just an, an absolute asshole. He's a smart guy, though. Don't get me wrong. I've listened to him speak because, you know, I do... I do that. I listen to C-SPAN, for goodness sakes. Mm-hmm. So I've listened to him speak. He's a smart guy. He just sees things his way. He's just, you know, in the pocket of the entire telecom industry. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, no, Comcast, AT&T, Verizon, and Charter said last week that they don't sell customers browsing histories, but their actual actions of trying to push the government to eliminate rules that will have prevented them from selling or sharing browsing histories in the future is still going on. So it's like, it's a lot of those things where it's like, we need to look past the words and actually look at the actions. Yeah. Uh, um, other government news. Yeah. It's also not good. Um, Google has been accused of extreme gender pay discrimination by the Department of Labor. They are, uh, the Department of Labor says it has evidence of systemic compensation disparities against women pretty much across the entire workforce. So the, the pay gap? Yes. That's widespread. Yeah, so this this all you know came to a head because the Department of Labor has filed a suit against Google back in January, um, seeking to compel the company to provide salary data and documents to the government. So, and so they said that they do equal pay, but they really don't. 
Yeah. So Google's a federal contractor, which means it's required to allow the Department of Labor to inspect and copy records and information about its compliance with equal opportunity laws. Google, however, refused to hand over the data, which is a violation of its contractual obligations. And then so the Department of Labor put a lawsuit against them. Okay. So now, uh, in during the whole la- dispute on this one, Department of Labor says, you know, Google's got problems, and they don't want anybody to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so there's uh, there might be problems at Google, but you know, I don't know what we can do about it outside of, I was going to say not using Google, but good luck with that. Good luck, right. I mean, use what instead? Of course you're going to use Google. Yeah. Not even for searching anymore, just for like maintaining everything in your life. Uh, well, some, some good news out of Google is that they're going to start looking at ways of um, doing fake news. What? And, and like flagging things as faked. Hmm. So PolitiFact and Snopes will will show up on your searches saying like mostly true debunked false the new feature won't eliminate the distribution of false and offensive stories through google instead the company is trying to better educate users about individual sources and the validity of the claims they might be clicking on yeah so they won't stop the fake news but they'll at least try and flag hey this isn't really true the problem I see there now is the fact... Everything belongs to Snopes, then. Well, there's that one. It's one of the things, it's like, okay, you know... Um, yes, they, they will be the ones... Who, who's watching the watchers at that point? Right. Um, and the other thing is the fact that the infrastructure is already in place, where I have a feeling people aren't, you know, Googling that stuff. They're just going to the, the quote-unquote main sources... Mm-hmm. And, you know, not just Googling the thing. Yes, I could see, you know, people, you know, first Googling something when they first hear about it, and this could be it, but then there's a lot of people who already have the Facebook likes already in place, so their newsfeed is already directly fed for these sort of things. They're, they're not going through a searching status. They already have an infrastructure in place. So could this could this be good? Sure. Is this going to fix anything? Probably, mm, probably not. Probably not. It, well, but it, you know, stages, right? Is it going to yes. fix the entire thing? No. Is it possible it will fix a little bit here and a little bit there? The, the answer is yes, Andy. Yeah. No, I was just trying to think of you know, just looking back at the history of you know, Google had the the trending news topics, and then everybody said, oh, you know, these are too biased, and then suddenly floodgates open after. Facebook said, okay, whatever. Yeah. We'll just do automatic stuff, and then, you know, floodgates open, and you're like, well, this is just ridiculous. And then all the fake news. Yep. Hey, baseball season's starting, isn't it? Yeah, it has started. Opening day how, was Monday. How, how are the Tigers? Uh, two and one. Cool. They have a game starting today at one o'clock. Are they going to do well this year? Uh, let's see what the current suggestion is for... This is, this is me trying to engage you in conversation. Okay. Uh. Baseball, let me see if I can get my baseball predictions. Predicting the final standings, here we go. How are people trying to predict the final standings? The damn thing just started. Yes, but sabermetrics. Inside baseball? Yeah, this is all Moneyball sort of stuff. There, where people are taking the statistical analysis of players and everything, and literally running simulations of all hundred and sixty-two games. Okay. Um. So it looks like most of the stats have the Tigers winning about eighty-four games, eighty-five games. Um. According to most people, it looks like the, it's just the Tigers and the Cleveland Indians are the only two in the AL Central that have any chance of winning the AL Central. And most people have Cleveland winning. So, we'll see. These are all just, you know, computer models, so who knows what is actually going to happen. I mean, is it similar to, 
to to football and basketball, the any team can beat any team on any day. Yes. Okay. Yes, that is true. All right. Should we uh, hit the randoms? Unless there's anything else you want to talk about on this list? No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, random review is your week, Dave. Okay. I'm going to review Melody's Escape. Melody's Escape. Okay. Run, jump, and slide to the rhythm of your own music library. Hey, this sounds like Amplitude. Uh, well, Amplitude wasn't your library. No, Amplitude, Amplitude had... No, Amplitude, you're thinking of not Amplitude. Amplitude was for the PlayStation 2. What am I thinking of, then? Uh, Audio Surf. Yes, that's, sorry, that's what I meant. You're thinking of Audio Surf, which is yes. a similar concept. They're both rhythm games, uh, yep. and they both involve your music. Yep. Audio Surf is uh, you're going down a track of your music and you're trying to like collect blocks. Mm-hmm. This is a little closer to like DDR, where there are arrows on the screen that you have to hit at the right time. So it's it's kind of like DDR, but with your music, but the arrows. <laughs> so it's designed to have a, a controller, right? It's designed with to work with a PlayStation or an Xbox controller. And so the the arrows are actually come in two sets. There's the arrows that are the actual arrows, left, right, up, down. But then there's also uh, arrows that are just like the four quadrants of a circle, the top, bottom, and left and right quadrants of the circle. And so with one set, you have to use the directional pad. The other set, you have to use the four buttons. So it's... You still have your up, down, left, right, but then you also have four, like, superpower sort of things? That, well, no, they're not superpowers. They're just directions that you click a different directional thing. So, like, if you think of an Xbox controller, right, you've got the X, Y, A, B. Yes. Blue, yellow, green, red. Yeah. Blue is left, yellow is top, red is right, green is bottom. Yes. So you'll get a circle, and the bottom will be colored green. That means you have to press the A button. The top so, will be colored yellow. You have to press the Y button. It so is no, I have it's, up, it's down, no left, different right. than the up, down, left, right. It's a second set of up, down, left, right. Gotcha. Okay. But that means you could be like down, where you actually have to move the stick down, and then like XB. But on the screen, it's just down, left, right. And it's it's really hard to split your brain into those two pieces. Yeah, it's kind of like... Tapping your head and rubbing your belly sort of thing. Yeah. It, it's doable, but it is really, really, really hard. Um, the game's fun. It's, it's not amazing. It's pretty simplistic. It's nice to have your own music. It's really soothing. Uh, and the background changes depending on the tempo and energy of the music. And so it goes from like this really nice stroll through city streets to a run... Uh, through like a, a more energetic area, and eventually you're like charging through this this like background of flames and lightning and crazy shit happening all over. Uh, there's Steam workshops where you can customize the character. Oh. But other than that, it's just a it's a, a nice little kind of like ambiance game. Ten bucks though for this, really? Yeah, that part is the thing that like <laughs> that's just not worth it. <laughs> like audio surf was fun for a bit yeah i only really played it because of you know the potato yeah um haven't touched it since question is why is it also still installed on my hard drive uh-huh. i don't know either um but it, it i don't know it's yeah, ten, that, so that ten, 10 bucks, bucks is though, a little much. Yeah, that that right there is a flag. Like it's it's good and it's fun and it's hard because you've got these two different things, but it does support MP3, FLAC, OGG, and um, M4A is Apple's. Um, AAC is what Apple normally uses for iTunes. Oh. Okay, so AAC, which 
is not the Apple Audio Codec, which most people think that is. Okay. I did not think that that's what that is, but sure. I also hadn't given it any thought, so. Yeah, most people think, you know, because iTunes uses AAC automatically. Everybody's like, oh, that's the Apple Audio Codec. No. What is no, it? It's not. It's the Advanced Audio Coding. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the uh, one other thing about this is the the um, matching to the music is so-so. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's, like, au- it's automatically generated, isn't it? Right. So the matching on the music is is only so-so. Hmm. So, okay, so the question is, if we take out the $10 price, maybe it goes on sale, would you then want to? Yeah, I'd recommend it on sale. Okay. Someone fucked up my colors on my screen. That's not me. Like, the blue is way gone. Not me. You having monitor problems? Yeah. I just checked. Somehow my my blue color control was down to 15. Oh, jeez. Out of 100. Oh, I don't want to have to calibrate this damn thing. I don't have the equipment for that. All right. So that's, yeah, that's the recommendation. Um, If you have, if it's on sale, basically, feel free to do it, but not otherwise. All right. So, random topic? Yes. Rolled ahead of time. I forgot to actually tell you what it was. Yep. Yeah, sorry about that, Dave. Uh, the random topic is, what movie do you watch and finally get now that you are older? What movie did I watch and finally get now that I'm older? Now wow, that you I, are older. I kind of wish I had time to think about that. I'm one. sorry, I completely missed it. it oh, oh, God. What movie did I watch and now that I'm older, I understand it? Anything with Robin Williams. That was going to be my... I was going to say Good Morning Vietnam. I watched it when I was younger. For me, anything with Robin Williams. Like, Aladdin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a lot of things there with Robin Williams that you're like, oh, I get it now. Oh, I missed that. His his humor is like an onion where, you you know, you get some of the layers, but then you kind of go a little bit deeper. You're like, oh... And then it makes you cry. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm sure there are other ones that are like, oh, I know I've seen, oh, uh, Blazing Saddles. <laughs> yes. I'm like, Blazing what did Saddles, I remember watching recently balls. and said, like, how did my parents let me watch this? Yeah, Blazing, Sp- Blazing Saddles, Spaceballs, History of the World Part 1, yeah. um, Young Frankenstein, anything by Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks's humor is, is entirely uh, dual-layered, adult and kid. But yeah, no. That as soon as as soon as I read this topic, I'm like, I honestly remember watching, you know, Good Morning Vietnam because somebody else was watching it when I was younger, and I'm just like, oh, this is it's pretty funny, it's, you mm-hmm. know. But now that you know, like I'm older and I watched it again, I'm like, oh wow, that's dark. This is funny but dark. Yep. I actually learned about what the Vietnam War was all about. It's like, ooh. So that, that's my answer. Uh, I'm going to go with anything with Robin Williams or Mel Brooks. Yeah, I, I can't argue against that. That's you nailed that Are one. Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure last week you would have. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, last week I would have argued against you on this one. But no, I I can't argue with you on this one at all. All right. Well, then that's it. Yep. That's, uh, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.